DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are... We are brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. We're joined now by Greg Hansen, sports columnist of the Arizona Daily Star. He's been on the show many times, joins us once again. Greg, thanks for coming on again. Hey, thanks, David. I guess you guys are in a heat wave up there, huh? Uh, yeah, it's a little warm this week. I mean, I don't want to say too much because you're in Tucson, right? So nobody who lives in Tucson or Phoenix wants to hear me talk about how hot it is in Salt Lake. Least of all my co-host who's going to roll his eyes like, yeah, I mean, 99 is hot, but it's not 115. So how about a big old dose of shut up? Shut up. Sure. Thank you, PK. How would you like to live in Phoenix this week? No, thank you. Yeah. My sisters tell me about it daily. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we love having you on for multiple reasons, Greg. But one reason is that uh, you've made a career of working in Tucson. You have seen the Pac-8 morph into the Pac-10 and into the Pac-12. And so you bring a really good perspective, you know, not getting caught up in the moment, having the big picture. Uh, John Canzano has written a lot about the problems in the Pac-12, the finances, the issue with the commissioner and the office. And he's, he's got a new thing. Uh, about you know the state of the uh, the conference office, the commissioner's down to a couple years on his deal. It's two years his deal will be up. Four years the the conference will need a new TV deal. So this is a big decision coming up. What have you seen? What have you heard? What do you think about which way they need to go? Because clearly. Uh, from Colorado to Cal to UCLA to Stanford, there's financial issues with coaches leaving, attendance, apparel deals. So the TV deal needs to be right, given what's happened in the Big Ten and the SEC. What do you know? What do you think? Well, I think they have to have a new vision, and they have to have a new a new figure that the league identifies with. Because Larry Scott is the most is the biggest spender I think in the history of college sports. Uh, in a league that can't afford it. I don't know if you saw yesterday he said he's taking a 12% pay cut yeah. over the next fiscal year out of $5.3 million, the highest paid commissioner in, in college sports. 12%? Are you kidding me? But why not Why not half of it? I mean, that would be a great example to the league that he's actually on the side of those who are struggling, and it didn't resonate very well with me, I know that. Yeah, when you look at it in what can be uh, somewhat of an unusual situation, the folks who hired him, the chancellors, presidents, whoever they may be, uh, most of them, I think all but two, have changed. you have any idea how much support he has out somebody out, outside of somebody like Crow at ASU? You're right about that. Crow is his number one ally, and uh, Crow is so powerful, and you probably know this as well as anybody, and at Arizona State, they're the only school in the league that hasn't announced publicly anything about uh, K reductions or cutbacks in budgets yet. It's just because Crow runs ASU with an iron fist, and um, and as long as he is in um, Scott's corner, Scott's probably got a fighting chance. But with a ten new AD, with ten new presidents in the league. Um, I, I just can't imagine Scott would be uh, rehired uh, in 2022. I, I'm like John Canzano. I, I think they'll move before that to, to get a different uh, figure at the top of the league. 
I figure that the best chance Larry Scott has to survive this is to know that he's got somebody uh, probably in the, you know, one of the new media people, whether it's Google or Facebook or Hulu or Amazon or whoever, ready to write a massive check. And he knows that nobody else does. And if they throw him out, they don't have access to that deal. Do you think? Okay. Has he made that kind of move, though? Yeah, I mean, I just saw Tom Hanks on TV talking about Apple TV. His new movies on Apple TV. What you know, that does look like a part of the future. But would something like Apple TV be willing to absorb uh, college sports and pay what's you know the big money that's needed to get a Pac-12 contract? Something like that. That's that's a big unknown. I'm wondering if the conference is prepared to make drastic changes. You know, could go to eight conference games like a couple of the other conferences do, get themselves out of the ultimate high-rent district in San Francisco, or are they going to just plot along with small changes versus substantial ones? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, do you mean eight games for this coming season? No, I mean eight conference games. Yeah. Uh, in total, going forward, once we get past this pandemic, you know, the SEC with the eight conference games and scheduling the Citadel in no, the middle of November yeah. as a warm-up for their big games at the end of the season, really make it advantageous for themselves as a conference to get at least one, if not two, teams into the playoff. Uh, you know, because the SEC is the top financial model in college sports, I could see the Pac-12 looking at that. And number one, it would be the marginal teams, you know, like Oregon State and Arizona, year to year would become closer to bowl eligibility. But to me, the one difference is fans in half of the league's uh, cities wouldn't go to, to a game against Citadel in November. Um, whereas in Tuscaloosa, you're still going to get 100,000. So it would be a gamble for sure. Most of the Pac-12 teams play such weak non-conference schedules now, though, that it's but it's really sad. Um, there's no greater example of that than Arizona. They haven't played it. The biggest name team Arizona's played outside the conference in 10 years is Texas Tech. So no wonder they had their smallest attendance since 1975 last year. Greg Hansen joining us, longtime sports columnist at the Arizona Daily Star. At the other end of the spectrum, there's USC. And I think the conference needs USC to be good the way the Big 12 needs Oklahoma to be good and the way the, the Big Ten needs Ohio State and the SEC needs Alabama. And, and now the ACC is coming to depend on Clemson, although certainly that's much newer. These others are you know decades of tradition behind them. So SC is opening with Alabama, closing with Notre Dame. And in between, they are playing nine conference games. Yeah. This is not a recipe to get USC to the playoff. And the Pac-12 needs USC to be in the playoff at least you know yeah. every third year or so. And, and they could be pretty good this year. And Clay Helton's going to take a lot of heat. But who in America, how many people can he commiserate with? How many coaches have been handed a schedule like this? I, w- I would say nobody. Um, Pete Carroll, you know, he was having those 12-0 seasons. That, with the schedule UCLA now has, Pete Carroll's 12-0 teams would probably have gone 10-2 and and would have never been, you know, a national champion. It's, that's just too much. Um I mean, you do have to play Portland State every now and then. And USC just, you know, USC has never played a um, FCS school in college football ever. Uh, that, that's amazing. 
Yeah, it really is as far as that goes. And, and I'm wondering, too, that scheduling uh, until and I wouldn't say if, I would say when we get to the eighteen playoffs. So if you win your conference out of the Power Five, you're you're guaranteed yeah. a slot in there. I'm wondering if there will be a scheduling philosophy change, or is the Pac-12 forced to do this to try to grab some attention and hope that they win these games? Yeah, it works both ways, doesn't it? It kind of works against itself. Um, and as soon as USC plays a diminished schedule, then everybody's going to be on it for playing weak points. So it's almost you win or you lose, or you, there's no middle ground. And um, I like the model of USC taking on all comers myself because um, it gives the Pac-12 such a better reputation. And maybe USC just needs a different head coach. Um, not that I'm four against Clay Helton, but you know he, he's not a Pete Carroll or a John McKay. Maybe they need Notre Dame to be eight and four too. <laughs> then it sounds good, but it's not ten and two Notre Dame. That yeah, would help a little exactly. bit. You know, one thing about playing Alabama and starting Notre Dame at the end, you know, we're not sure non-conference games are going to happen. We're not sure the season is going to start. Uh, all we read is that Arizona, Florida, and Texas have become hot spots. Uh, you're in Arizona. Do you think the season's starting on time? What do you think the season's going to look like? Well, it was only a week ago that the U of A president um, actually said um, very transparently that the way things are now, he cannot imagine school opening in uh, like August 20th, except for online. And if it's online, um, how will all the students? I mean, it just won't work. Um, I, I just can't see it happen if it's online. And I've read that a million times from people who know a million times more than I do that if it's online only, there can't be college football. Um, and it's starting. The momentum's starting to go because I saw Harvard yesterday um, said it's online only, and and that's just the beginning. It's only July seventh. Imagine what it might be like on July twenty seventh. How many other schools might say the same thing? Yeah, what was going down there in Tucson when they said Arizona was stopping uh, workouts? But was and then I thought I heard it that it was just uh, for other sports, not football. Could you enlighten us what was happening there? They paused their schedule. For example, they were going to bring, start bringing back men's and women's basketball players on, I believe it was July 24th. And so that's on hold now. And it's almost doesn't matter anyway because seven of Arizona's basketball players are, are from Europe. Um, they signed seven European players this year. They're not going to be allowed to be here. They're not going to be able to get in the country. So Arizona couldn't start college basketball workouts on July 24th, even if it wanted to. Um, same for the women's basketball team at Arizona, which is a top-10 team now. They've got like five foreign players. So, I mean, that date's not going to work. I had heard stuff early on about campuses being partially open. For instance, uh, you know, when the sciences, uh, lectures could be online. Yeah. 
but the labs would need to be in there. But if but they'd spread the labs out so you only have so few people on campus. And I've heard the same thing about sports that, well, they don't want to bring people back to the dorms, but because they're not bringing very, you know, the few international students maybe, but because they're not bringing a lot of people back to the dorms, you could spread players out. Everybody can have their own sure. dorm. And so a partially open campus is the best scenario for sports. Are they talking about that at all, or is that ship sailed? Isn't that about the only way it could happen? Where each guy could have his own room, you know, with no with nobody in the room next to him? Isn't that the only safe way it could be done? It, it makes sense. It makes sense to me, but I'm not running a university. I mean, yeah. to me, the partially open campus model is the best one for sports, and it, and it seems doable because I I don't think they want the campus 100 percent open and the dorms 100 percent full and the classrooms 100 percent full. So the partially open model seems to make the most sense. I mean, even when you say a campus is closed, it's closed to a lot of people, but it's probably not closed to everybody. <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I haven't seen a lot of denial or delay on the University of Arizona's part, though. I I think they've been very upfront, and they realize this has become worse than they thought it was going to be. So they're in a big fix right now. Um, And if they're in a fix, say Arizona State's got to be worse. I've seen a number of cases in Phoenix as compared to Tucson. It's seven times greater in Phoenix. That's got to be the same thing at Arizona State. I can't imagine... Yet opening on time either. You mentioned those seven foreign players. What was going on with Sean Miller that he's got a roster that looks like the United Nations? Yeah, you know, because of that FBI investigation that compromised their ability to recruit elite American players. So he went and got uh, two Lithuanians, three Lithuanians, a Turkey a guy from Turkey, a guy from France, plus five transfers. Um, so it's a whole new, it's a whole new world for Arizona basketball now. Um, just, <laughs> I mean, the end is near for Arizona basketball, but I don't know if you have a lot of faith in what Dick Vitale says, but last week he tweeted that a source told him that the NCAA is going to announce in late July level one penalties against Arizona basketball. And I think my child's well enough connected that that wouldn't just be uh, a bluff. Yeah. Greg Hansen, sports columnist at the Arizona Daily Star. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Let's assume that the season gets going at some point, uh, whatever it looks like. In the Pac-12 South, I'm seeing a lot of uh, kind of two divisions within the division that you've got uh, ASU and Utah are respected, but USC is picked to win it. Uh, but the other three, UCLA, Colorado, and Arizona, pretty far up the track. Maybe UCLA could break out. Maybe they could make the jump. Uh-huh. Uh, does that all make sense to you, or is that uh, wrong for one or more teams? No, I think you nailed it. I just read the first college basketball magazine that came out, um, Athlon, which is pretty good. And um, it described it almost like you just did. There's a clear separation. And Colorado's starting over at the bottom with no quarterback. Arizona is still at the bottom, but it does have a quarterback. And um, UCLA, who knows um, what that situation is like. I'll always like Utah. I keep seeing people say, oh, they lost all these defensive guys, and that's their strength. Well, I bet they're replacing them with really good players, too. (laughs) And, um, I mean, Kyle Whittingham, 
20 years from now, people are going to look back and appreciate what he's done more then probably than now. I mean, he's just the best. Yeah, we we do expect that defense to reload. We were talking about yeah. it uh, the other day, how since the conference uh, has gone to 12 and the Utes have gotten in, they are last in the league in touchdown passes. And so we're talking about, well, will they will they improve? Will the, you know, they have to improve. But as long as Kyle's there, they're never going to be Washington State and throwing it all over yeah. the place by any stretch. But – on the other side, well, look at all the players. I mean, they they don't have a lot of touchdown passes, but they have a lot of defensive players who get their name called when it's time for NFL draft. So, yeah, I don't know that they could be to that level where they went uh, eight and one last yeah. year. But my gosh, they're whoever's going to be in there, you know, is going to be pretty good, which is going to allow the team to be good. Yeah, I mean, everything about Utah football is positive in my in my opinion. They've got. I know. I think Oregon's fans are fans of winners, but I think Utah's fans are fans that are going to be there all the time. And Washington has a strong fan base, but Utah's right at the top. I mean, what they've built in 15 years, 20 years, is just so impressive. Um, I mean, why couldn't that have been Arizona State or Arizona or Cal or somebody else? No, it was Utah coming from a smaller league, and man, it's just impressive. You know, I would say that um, it is impressive because you got to do the work. And if it were easy, somebody would have done the work earlier. But, you know, Tucson isn't as big as Salt Lake. And a lot of the Pac-12 cities, you know, ASU, Cal, Stanford, uh, Washington. I think what Washington's done is impressive because they're all in the shadow of NFL teams. Colorado in the shadow of the Broncos. And the fact that we don't have an NFL team here in Utah has certainly been a bonus uh, as we've watched schools here build it up because so much passion goes into NFL teams, and that doesn't happen here. The passion here goes into the college teams. You know, also, Utah had this past BYU, and I grew up in Utah, so I know how formidable BYU was. And the Utah past them, the people outside of the state don't realize how tough that was. Yes. Oh, yeah, no question about that. Uh, when you look at the U of A, I don't know what kind of season we're going to have, so maybe that will mitigate yeah. the circumstances. But did you see this as a make-or-break year for someone? Except for the point that I don't think they could afford to pay him off. If they fire him after this season, it's a $5 million buyout. And given what's going to happen to their budgets, where are they going to come up with that $5 million? Um, I just can't see it now. He's going to get a pass and get another year. And, you know, they've recruited poorly again. They just don't have size to compete with anybody or depth or mostly talent. But they're kind of stuck with him now. Uh, so it's going to be a while. This could be a 10-year – I don't want to sound like some doomsayer, but this could be a 10-year hole that Arizona's in at football. It could be like wow. Oregon State used to be in. Well, on that happy note, Greg. <laughs> wow. I, I grew up in San Diego, and I root for San Diego State, so I know about lost decades. I've seen them. <laughs> they hey, it, could be, it could be 15 or 20. He only said 10. I know. It's true. He's an optimist. Greg, we appreciate the time. We appreciate the perspective. Thanks for coming on the show again. Thank you, guys.
All right, Greg Hansen, sports columnist at the Arizona Daily Star. And, you know, one person's misery is another person's happiness, PK, because, you know, part of being good is having somebody that you know you're better than, that you can beat up on, and always knowing there's a couple W's on the schedule. And it happens to everybody, right? In the SEC, they look at Vanderbilt. W, historically, I know Kentucky's had a couple better years here recently, but historically, they look at Kentucky and think, W. So if people in the Pac-12 have to look at Colorado and Arizona and think, W, come on, Ute fan, is that the worst thing? Well, if Arizona, and I don't, I don't much care about the basketball end of it, as it's not even close to my level of care for football. If Arizona's going to be down till 2030, well, then we just figured out how long I want to work. <laughs> Arizona's getting good again. All right, I'm out. Yeah, I don't, I don't need want... to say a bunch of positive crap about those. When guys. they suck, I want to be here, man. <laughs> Twenty thirty with an option to renew suckitude for five more years. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to see how they uh, do and who they hire. Now, now I will say I like this quarterback. Is it Gunnell? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Grant Gunnell. Yeah, but I mean, he looked good in the limited yes. time he played. Yes. He looked good, but, but I mean, you need more than that. Defense Swiss obviously. cheese. They I, I know tackle. that. I know that. But <laughs> you got to have. You got You got to start with right. quarterback. This is why you talk about you need a coach who's your own because when you get down as far as Arizona has gotten, if you have someone come in from the outside and they have success. They're going to go. They know it's hard to sustain. It's going to be a school with more money and more prestige. Yeah, people are into both of those things as a rule. <laughs> so well, if yeah. it's your own, then you got a chance to build build because it's what um, it's what Greg Hansen was just saying. What Utah's done over 20 years, and he just picked a number. I think you and I would probably pick 30 years. And two of the three coaches have had deep ties in the community, and the one who didn't was in and out in two years. Two glorious years. Right, aside from the Sugar Bowl year, the two best years. But there's still only two years. It's not going to transform a program on its own in two years. It was a heck of a stake in the ground, and it was an awesome step, but it's the guys who had ties in the community who were willing to stay for a decade plus, uh, well, as head coaches, because they both did more as assistant coaches. And, you know, that's, that's McBride and, and Whittingham. Yeah, I mean, the U of A hired somebody on the way down, not on the way up. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a good argument for that. All right, DJ, and you know what? Not just once either, right? Makovic had been in the NFL, was on the way down. Oh, the U of A? Yes. yes. Yeah, so not not for the first time. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you've missed in this show, uh, really good stuff on the NFL with Jason Cole earlier. If you missed that, it's up at 1280thezone.com. Good conversation, a really interesting ESPN.com story uh, with some quotes we uh, we have heard, some quotes we have suspected, and some stuff we didn't know all about uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's relationship. Uh, we'll recap that for you coming up next. Stay with us. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz scheduled to fly to Florida today for the restart in Orlando. Lakers center Dwight Howard will be there. He says he's going to play. He's going to donate his salary from the Orlando Games, which is about $700,000, to his charitable initiative, Breathe Again. Philadelphia 76ers forward Mike Scott said that players given a list of phrases they may put on their backs of their jerseys was a bad miss. He says it was terrible. He says... 
I'm all about just doing instead of saying and posting or putting something on the back of your jersey. That's your Back to Basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 128 of the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. I was disappointed, very disappointed in the list as well. That was agreed to. I think that things were tried, attempts were made to, to add to that list, but the NBA um, agreed that, that that list was what was satisfactory. So hopefully, maybe we can get some more names on that list or some more things to add, you know, or meet in the middle. But I was disappointed as well. That's the Celtics' Jalen Brown. Disappointing the Jersey phrases list from the NBA. It was about 15 or 20 or so. Uh, you've probably seen it out there. Uh, also, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, forward Mike Scott said it was a bad miss. He said it was terrible. Uh, but he also said, uh, I'm all about just doing instead of saying and posting or putting something on the back of your jersey. I don't think that's going to stop anything, you know? So I'm, I'm ready for the next thing, PK. You know, from the talking to the blackout squares to the kneeling at the anthem, all that stuff calls attention the things that you view as major issues and major problems, but it doesn't address them. What is the next thing? And we've heard different people at different things kind of allude to that, but I'm wondering when there's some kind of critical mass and we start seeing what happened and we know what that is. Uh, Dwight Howard's uh, donating $700,000 to his charitable initiative. Now, LA, everything's bigger scale, right? But for nonprofits in Utah, if they get a six-figure donation, even the big nonprofits are ecstatic about that. They are thrilled. That is a big deal. So seven hundred grand is a significant number. Now, what will it accomplish? What will it do? Uh, you know, I'm curious to see what that looks like. Oh, me too. Yeah. I mean, I to me, there's a recipe for success. Yeah. Hard work. Get as much education as you can, uh, and. Uh, to try to stay away from addictions. I mean, they're all obvious to people. I'm not breaking ground here. Uh, tried to not have uh, uh, several kids through several different women, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's archaic thinking on my behalf. <laughs> or maybe that's a, a way to help you succeed in life. Well, we hear that it, you know, it takes a village, and I don't know exactly what Dwight Howard's trying to accomplish with Breathe Again, but anything that it does to create that village, to create the multiple support systems uh, around young people, that's, you know, that's positive. Now, maybe he'll go and do something political that isn't like that. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. But I'm curious to see what's next, because there's been a lot of calling attention to, and what is that going to lead to? I think we all wonder. Uh, We had on Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter. Uh, and talk to him about the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, a 10-year deal worth as much as $503 million. Now, there's an injury guarantee of $140 million. There are outs throughout the deal. There are mechanisms to kick in more guaranteed money. So really, this is kind of a framework, but there's, they're building something here, and we don't know exactly what they're going to build. We know that Patrick Mahomes is guaranteed nine figures. 
That's a big number. Generational money. On top of that, up to half a billion. Uh, Mike Trout had a $426 million deal with the Angels. A 12-year deal, too. So Mahomes is set up to have his entire career as a Kansas City Chief. They hadn't won a Super Bowl in 50 years. They haven't had... Uh, they haven't had the glamour franchise, you know, the guy who's the... Hey, hey, Len Dawson, buddy. Since they won the Super Bowl, since the merger, (laughs) they have not had the guy who's like Len Dawson at the time. He was mentioned as one of the top half dozen quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, how quickly you forget about Ed Podolak. He was a running back. They rented (laughs) Joe Montana for a couple years and had success at the end. You know, but to have a guy there for a decade, they, they haven't had this. This is, uh, this is a big deal for them. And I assume they're out selling multi-year sponsorships and uh, corporate deals today, piggybacking on this and the enthusiasm around the team. They've always had enthusiasm in that market. That's been a well-supported team, even though they haven't won. And now Andy Reid comes in, and he's got it going, and they go to the FC title game and lose to the Patriots, and they turn around and win the Super Bowl. That's the last two years. So pay the QB. And uh, sell the long-term deals for the season tickets, luxury suites, and sponsorships. And, man, the NFL money machine grinds on, even if we're not sure the season will. Man, this is, this is a big-picture deal. And he's the guy. And, and Jason Cole was saying, yeah, there's a rivalry right now with the Ravens, but who's got the better pocket passer? You get older, you can't run as much. Uh, see John Elway. See uh, uh, Steve Young became more of a pocket passer over his career. Uh, that's going to happen to these guys, too. Well, right now the Chiefs have the upper hand. I mean, yeah. they've won the Super Bowl, and the Ravens, are, they went out immediately as soon as they got in. And yeah. I think that's been the case the last couple of years. But that's not to discount Lamar Jackson by any stretch. Lamar Jackson's barely getting started, too. So who's to say he can't get better? Logic would dictate that he would get better, and he would pick his spots more. And So I'm not going to discount Lamar Jackson 100%. I'm not going to at all. But right now, Mahomes, combined with Andy Reid and what they've got going on there, they are the toast of the league. And when you look at somebody like Mahomes, too, I mean, he is uh, like a Donovan Mitchell here locally on a much smaller scale. I mean, he's a dream come true. I mean, you can market him. The NFL can market him. Whatever type of uh, endorsements that he wants to do, I'm sure he'll have his pick. So, yeah, I mean, the world is at his feet right now. And... uh, He's just got everything going for him, and and uh, Andy Reid. Andy Reid's looking like a genius, man, just an absolute genius. I mean, they got rid of Alex Smith, who was halfway decent, so Mahomes can step in there. You know, with Lamar Jackson, well, Flacco was out the door. You know, he was getting older and whatnot, so go with the younger guy. That was more logical, but it was a little bit more, I think, bolder for the Chiefs to do what they did. And obviously it's paid off to an incredible amount of success to where you'd expect it to continue. Mahomes right now, you know, he cashes in. He's going to cash in financially, but, I mean, if he cashes in on the field this next season in whatever form that is, then he becomes the face of the league. It's just simple. The other guys, whether it be Brady, Breeze, whatever, they're getting older. They're on the way out. Uh, and automatically, uh, Mahomes, and he would have more Super Bowls than Rodgers and Breeze would, obviously. So I think that he has the opportunity, even though he doesn't play for the Cowboys or maybe somebody else that would be a little uh, higher up on the food chain, he'll make himself the face of the league. 
Yeah, you're right. Age plays into it, and then his results on top of that. Uh, the only guy you could really, I'd say, you know, I think Russell Wilson is still in his prime, and he's been to two Super Bowls and won one, but the wow factor with Mahomes has just been outstanding. I mean, he is so exciting to watch, even if you don't go to the big picture. And the big picture is obviously bright. AFC title game, overtime loss to the Patriots, and the Super Bowl. Uh, so he's got it all. Uh, the Patriots are going to have free parking this year, so they don't have to exchange cash. And they're going to use, utilize digital ticketing. So changes they're making to accommodate coronavirus, assuming the season kicks off on time. Now, when we had uh, Jason Cole on, the longtime NFL reporter, he thinks that the odds of it being a preseason are virtually nil. You know, we've already heard four to two. We know the players want to go to zero. He thinks that is absolutely going to happen. He makes no promises about the regular season, but he expects the preseason to vaporize. And the, uh, the Patriots adapting in preparation. I don't think there's any push for the American public who are football fans to have any preseason. Right. So that'll that'll be a collective yawn. Yep. Yeah, that's the owner's uh, that's the owner's cash and season ticket holder checks and uh, paying off stadiums with an extra event and billing themselves and all that kind of stuff. The Raiders, the other football move, the Raiders, obviously in the same division with the Chiefs, and they need a pass rush, and they traded Khalil Mack to the Bears. Uh, was it a year ago or two years ago? Um, they need they need a pass rush, and so they're going after Jadavian Clowney. Uh, we'll see if they get him or not. They've got a little under eight million dollars worth of cap space. Clowney wants seventeen million. Will he bring that number down? Will the Raiders uh, create some more cap room somehow? Uh, that remains to be seen. But that's the that's the play they're trying to make right there. Uh, we talked jazz. Uh, big story out. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, how do they get along? Story is posted at 437 this morning on ESPN.com. It is massive. Uh, some access was granted that a lot of local people don't get. Others was not. Donovan Mitchell was quoted because he did a Zoom interview uh, with the group, but he didn't want to do anything one-on-one for this story. Gobert did, so there's extensive Gobert quotes. There's unnamed jazz quotes. There was a lot there. You got a couple, uh, couple favorites out of it? I think that Mitchell's playing it correctly. Uh, don't don't blow it up. Uh, say what you say, and really, you've said enough. Now both guys have said enough. Now it's time to play ball, and hopefully they get that chance to play ball. Uh, yeah, I think the two things that I took from this is Gobert wants more shots, and he thinks Mitchell is the primary culprit in denying him the opportunity for more shots to have more involvement in the offense. Gobert, he's trying to convince us that he doesn't want all the fame that goes along and all the celebrity when it's clear that he does. And he's he's convincing himself and us, oh, I'm about winning. I believe he is about winning. I believe Shaq and Kobe were about winning too. But sometimes you want to win your way. Yeah. And he views Mitchell as getting a lot of the attention when he wants some of it. And you're dealing with egos and human beings, and that's fine. The great thing that I think has been established for literally decades is the Jazz as an organization are not about drama that is needless and doesn't pertain to winning and is soap opera-ish. And so I believe they'll get a handle on this and they'll make it a positive and it won't be detrimental. If it comes to the point where it is detrimental, then they'll make a move. And maybe that move takes care of itself because no matter what was going on here this next summer, as it would be naturally, even if they won the title, it would be naturally, what do we do with Gobert? Everybody in this league, their contract comes up. 
and then what do you do about it as an organization? So it's not anything that they didn't anticipate. Now we'll find out what they do in a year's time, and they'll make the decision that obviously they think is the best, and then we'll critique it, and hopefully it does work because we all want them to win. Life is easier that way, but we'll see what they do. They're an organization that is about putting a product out on the floor that's representative. It's not about nonsense. They've done really well at eliminating nonsense. These two guys here, they'll have plenty of time to prove what they say that they can get along and play and whatnot. We'll be able to see it. That's the great thing. It'll manifest itself on the floor. We don't have to have any sources. We'll see it point blank through our own eyes. Well, to the point that it's been uh, this running dialogue that uh, Donovan Mitchell has avoided, which is addressed in the story, you know, that's where they were really hurt by the fact there were no games. Because under normal times, by now, we would have had uh, the rest of the regular season, another 17 games or so. We would have had the playoffs. We would have had the finals. We would have had the draft. We would have would be a weekend of free agency. Sort of than all these other storylines. This has kind of lingered because we've just the season's gone into suspended animation. Uh, but there was good stuff in there. I thought about the Jazz and what they view as some of Gobert's motivation and the good and the bad that comes with it. You know, you identified early that he had a chip on his shoulder, and the story goes into why he has a chip on his shoulder. You know, the gawky, gangly uh, kid uh, growing up in France, and it put a chip on his shoulder. But that motivation, you know. It does lead to this massive work ethic, but it also leads for the thirst for the recognition, right? And so you want to win, and you want yeah. you want to be the all-star who's recognizes this is why they're winning. And he looks around the league, and they've got all the analytics, and they go into it in the story that you know they say there were lesser guys around the league getting named to the all-star game, but you're in a smaller market, and you know some of the stuff you do doesn't translate. You know the guy who hits. Some of the dunks that a six six guy throws down are more impressive than the dunks you throw down because you're seven feet tall and you're supposed to be. It will you know? though. He can get. He'll have all the publicity and. Well, he's got the two defensive. He he's got the two defensive yeah. player of the year awards now. He's got the first All Star game, and so if there's postseason success to back it up, then there will be more All Star games and more defensive players of the year. I don't think he's going to win a third one here this year, but there's a third one out there to be won uh, going forward. Sure. All right, that's some of the stuff we've been talking about that you missed if you weren't with us earlier in the show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I've said it for a long time. Chemistry in a locker room is overrated. These two have to coexist. They don't have to necessarily like it, but it's like you and Austin working together, Gordon. You may have to grit your teeth at times, but you're pulling for each other's mutual success. Oh, wait a minute. You have not characterized. Yeah, he doesn't want uh, my success. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care about that. I care deeply about Austin's happiness. Okay. I've always told you I liked Austin. (laughs) I don't care what Austin thinks. Austin's the least gifted producer I've ever had. Austin is fat. <laughs> I do not blame Austin for being a little worked up sometimes. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. So 
So, PK, we've got uh, the uh, Washington Redskins getting ready to change their name. We put a uh, poll question up about uh, whether, you know, a lot of NFL fans here in Utah, do you want to change? You don't want to change? You don't really care? Uh, right now, with over 500 votes, 53% want the name changed. Another 22% just don't care. Only, only a quarter of the audience thinks they really need to hold on to that. I know you and I are both of the uh, go ahead and change it. I'm all, I'm surprised I didn't change it years ago, but change it now. It seems like that is going uh, is going to happen. There are a ton of potential nicknames out there. There are actually odds makers who are bored of putting odds up on what the nickname will be. That seems um, seems like people are getting really bored at that point. Yeah, I really don't care about the name. The thing that bothers me though is that I don't want them doing it for political pressure. I don't want them doing it for financial reasons. I want them doing it because they believe it's the right reason. But Well, I think if I they thought it was the right reason, world. it would have already been done. So at this I point, I think there's a whole lot of pressure. I, I really don't think they're doing it for the finances because the money has been available for, for a long time if they wanted to do it. So I think it's more... Yeah, I don't know about that, man. I think they, when we heard of FedEx and these other companies would pull sponsorship from them. Now. Okay, yes, for that, yes, you're right. Capitalizing on the merchandising money was I was talking about. They had a chance to, to uh, that. But you're right, financially, you know, the fact that FedEx has their name on the stadium. The FedEx is a owner is a minority owner, and now he wants to sell. So behind the scenes, it must have been ugly. Uh, there aren't that many people who want out of the NFL. When you want out of the NFL, I immediately think, oh, why do you want out of the NFL? There aren't a lot of people running away from the NFL. Uh, financially, yeah. But it may be interesting to see here as we go forward with the social justice and how many fans are turned off by it and what, what type of messages and how big does it become. The same thing with the NBA, too. I'm interested to see how they blend the sport with the politics. You know, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But I don't necessarily, too, want it to be over the top where I don't want to turn on an NBA game and have it be a political convention either. Right. Uh, You know, it'll be interesting to see uh, how positive that is, how inclusive, how, you know, because there's some things you can do that are feel goods that a lot of people are going to rally around. There's obviously other stuff you could do that would be more divisive and you know the business end of it i think we saw a little bit of that for all the praise the nba gets for being you know forward thinking and including the union you know i had a couple players come out today and say this this list of phrases we can put on our jersey just it's a bad miss it's a bad choice it's terrible those are some of the comments we're hearing so you know it, it will be tricky to navigate it'll absolutely be interesting and i'm sure we will be talking about it going forward yeah, to the extent of uh, might be turning some people off because they want basketball. They, yeah, that's, that's the, the primary reason the for fine, turning on what, a basketball what, game. <laughs> what's the line and what becomes crossing it to one becomes um, yeah, out of the people oh, yeah. for another? Absolutely. You can't please all the people all the time, and that is definitely going to be true in this case. Uh, up on Facebook, we had a lot of comments about Larry Scott. Uh, we were talking earlier that John Kinzano has the uh, – the story up that Larry Scott's taking a 12% pay cut, and we had uh, we had uh, Greg Hansen on, columnist for the Arizona Daily Star, and he said, well, why not 50? You're making $5.3 million. If you're asking people to take a, who make 100000 take a 5% pay cut and give up five grand, you know, you give up 50%, you're still taking home over $2.5 million. You can get by on that. Uh, it's just a bad look. And there's talk about, you know, are they going to change commissioners? Our audience is uh, all up for it. David, as soon as possible. Tyler, yes, please. Um, Rocky says, if this is an option, absolutely. 
Uh, so yes, no, our, our fan base no is, is ready for a new commissioner here. How do they come up with 12% too? You know, those are 5, 10, 15, 20, 12. Where'd I, you come up with that? I don't, I don't have any idea. All I could think, cause I did think about that is with a lot of people five, taking five to 10, he needed to take more. So he took 12. Now the 20 number is what the NBA commissioner took. And then we saw uh, a whole series of NBA people kind of fall in line behind that. So all I could think was, okay, he makes the most money, so he's going to take 12% and everybody well, so else is taking 5 to 10. So you're not taking $1.9 million and pay that loan back for your house. Yeah, which is part of that, too. He hasn't done that. But why not 15%? It just seems like 12% is an odd number. How did they... I realize technically it's literally an even number, but it's a strange number, Yeah, 12%. Where did you come up with that? It seems like it would be more of a round figure on the zeros or fives. And the question is, the bigger question is, is he just tone deaf to the financial problems that, you know, Colorado, UCLA, Cal... Uh, maybe Stanford, you know, are all facing to some degree. Well, everybody's facing to some degree, maybe those more than others, you know, with some of the attendance issues and the apparel companies and the coachings, the coach getting hired away by a team with more money. Um, you know, I, I think those four campuses were, it, it's really obvious, but it's being felt in more than just those four. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, we're out of time. Hands of Scotty are coming up next. Stay with us.